Okay, so anyone who knows me, and honestly, at this point, anyone who listens to the podcast, because I guess we've just (laughs) gotten real close around here, knows that I do not wear bras. And like, that's not some sort of an over-exaggeration. You can ask any of my friends. I truly do not ever wear bras. However, there have recently been some circumstances where like, I just have to. I've been saying yes to more things. I feel like we've been going to more events and there are just some outfits. I got to do it. And when I tell you I have finally found a bra that makes wearing one bearable. Like I'm never going to be an everyday bra wearer. It's not in the cars for me. But when I have to, the only bras I can wear are skims, which I'll get into the specific ones in a second, but we all know this comes as no surprise. Like I have been an OG diehard skims fan since day one. I am a fan of every single product they make. You know the way I feel about the underwear, the clothes, all of it. But now adding bras to the mix, specifically the Fits Everybody t-shirt bra, because You guys know the way I feel about the Fits Everybody collection. I could talk about that for forever, but specifically the t-shirt bra, it's just so comfortable. I don't know, the straps don't dig into you. It's probably the only bra I've ever worn where when I get home, I'm not like dying to take it off, which I cannot express how massive of a feat that is for someone like me. It's just comfortable and it just does what it needs to do. And I am such a fan, which like no surprise, I love everything Skims makes, but here to confirm the bras are as good as you would think that they are. Shop Skims Bras at skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A through 46H. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select podcast in the survey and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And welcome back to another episode. Hey, Jewel. I am. I woke up this morning feeling real validated. I did too. I just can't believe that all of the things we have been talking about and speculating on the last few weeks, specifically on Monday's episode, you know, Scott and Amelia and Olivia Munn pregnancy, Kylie, it all breaks yesterday. Yeah. What a whirlwind of a day. And each story I felt like really topped the last. And on top of that, it's just funny to me because we were distinctly having this conversation two days ago where we were saying, you know what, we're recording this episode and we just know that as soon as we put it out, something big is going to break. And I think I was like, I feel like the Olivia Munn confirmation is going to come. And come Tuesday, literally everything we were speculating about came true. Right. And it's not only like we just got Olivia Munn confirmation via a source. We got so by way of John Mulaney having this very heartfelt conversation with Seth Meyers, which I can't wait to talk about. And then on top of it, Brittany's dad out of left field, which we didn't even talk about on Monday. I know. That one really like threw me for a loop. Well, because in normal times when Kylie Jenner didn't announce her pregnancy and John Mulaney didn't just go on Seth and explain his entire experience, we would have probably thought Brittany was the number one story. And now they kind of all seem to match up. Like I said, they all kind of talked to each other that day. Yeah, which... You know, normally, if you guys listen, you know that Thursday's episodes typically are our Kardashian bonus show where we recap old episodes. But we decided to kind of use this one and turn it into almost like a midweek recap, which the one thing I was nervous on is then what will we talk about on Monday? But I realized it's the VMAs and it's the Met Gal on Monday night. So I think we'll have enough. I had that same anxiety where I kind of woke up in a sweat in the middle of the night being like, oh my God, we're not going to have anything to talk about in the regular episode. We're using all of our amazing content for this one. But then I kind of calmed myself because I realized Met Gala VMAs and especially on top of that, we're not going to have to race through these topics because I feel like I have so much to say on all of them. And now we're going to get ample time to speak about it. Yeah. And I guess now that I'm thinking about it, 
next Monday's episode will probably not come out until Tuesday because realistically, we're going to want to wait till record till Monday night after the Met Gala. Right, definitely. So I guess that is an informal announcement that next Monday's episode will be on Tuesday. Holy shit, there's a lot of moving parts happening. I Let's get into it. I literally can't wait. This is like emergency episode energy without anything actually being an emergency. It's not an emergency, but at the same time, it's four emergencies rolled into one episode. Holy shit. Okay. I know this is not what you would probably expect because typically we would start with Kylie's pregnancy. However, are you okay with leading in with John Mulaney, Olivia Munn? I am more than okay with that. Okay. This is really one of those things where I'm telling you guys, you have to watch the video before listening to this segment. We're going to put the link in the description. It's roughly 18 minutes. But basically, John Mulaney on Tuesday night went on Late Night with Seth Meyers and he opened up about everything. Like clearly the main headline here was the Olivia Munn pregnancy confirmation because it just so happened to come out the day or so after the rumors really started to intensify. But the entire thing from start to finish, I thought was exceptional. This was an example of a perfect interview. Not only did he confirm the biggest news surrounding him, He gave a very clear timeline of what went down with him and when everything took place. He filled in information that we didn't necessarily have. And he was very clear and direct about what he was doing, what he was using, what he was on. Like, And again, not that celebrities necessarily owe that to us, but for him, it was very much like, here is what I went through. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything and I'm going to lay it all out. So you have a absolute clear picture. And he did so well being unbelievably funny to the point where I was I had tears rolling down my face at two o'clock in the morning when I was watching this. Yeah. And you know, on top of everything, on one hand, like strictly through the lens of a pop culture consumer, I appreciated getting all the details filled in because clearly we were curious. But to take it a step further and probably the bigger deal here is the way in which he intentionally or unintentionally to me just like destigmatized drug abuse and mental health and talking about it in a way that wasn't filled with shame and wasn't surrounded with a lot of guilt necessarily. It was just a very real recounting of his experience in an incredibly, what I found to be intimate conversation. Oh, incredibly so, especially with Seth, who was one of his closest friends and somebody who played a really integral part in his getting sober. Once you find out that Seth Myers was one of the people at the actual intervention, it changes the entire tone of the interview because, listen, we knew clearly that they were friends. They've done things together multiple times. I mean, one of his most recent appearances before going to rehab was on Seth Meyers. But once you get that knowledge that he was in the room with the interventionist, it changes everything. I think the best way that I can put it, and this was my perception, it allowed for you to engage in the conversation without any sort of feeling bad because it didn't feel intrusive. He already was in on it. I have like tears in my eyes from laughing, thinking about John Mulaney recounting the story of being coked out and going to SNL to get a haircut where he has not worked in years and then being two hours late for his own intervention because he walked into SNL and was like, can I have a haircut? And they were like, you're not hosting this week. And he was like, can I please have a haircut? Right. And Seth talking about how (laughs) he had to call SNL to confirm that that was the case because it sounded like too outrageous of a thing for somebody to do. And then John being upset that he had a room full of comedians at his intervention and no one was doing any bits. Oh my God, I have to tell you, that interview was one of the funniest things I've ever heard in my life. Well, let's backtrack for a second because obviously we had a general timeline in our minds, but he really gave us a specific one, I think way more specific than we had anticipated. So let's quickly go through that, don't you think? Yes. Okay, so September of 2020, he goes to rehab. 
And he gets out of rehab in October. And that's the same month that he moves out of his house with his ex-wife, Anna Marie Tendler, which was new information. I don't think either of those things we knew. I don't think we knew that he went to rehab then. And I definitely, definitely didn't know that he had moved out of his ex-wife's house and separated with her at that time. Right, because the documented rehab trip came a few months later, which we'll get into in a second, in December. Right, and the divorce announcement came in May. Okay, so he hosts the SNL Halloween episode, obviously October 31st. This is when he's sober. And after SNL, he relapses. So sometime between late November and early December is when Seth and his other friends stage this intervention. And from December to February, he's in rehab. So we also find out that after rehab, he goes to sober living for an additional month and a half. And in the spring, that's when he goes to LA and he started dating Olivia Munn. Right. By the way, did we know that they met for the first time at Seth's wedding until this interview? From what I had read, none of the reports had said Seth Meyers' wedding. But once he said it, I was like, we knew it was a wedding. I can't believe it was yours. Also, just for context, in case anybody was about to Google this, Seth's wedding was September of 2013, which means that he met Olivia for the first time about eight years ago to the day. Right. Fucking wild shit. This whole thing is crazy. And in that timeline, what I thought was extremely interesting was that gap between him hosting SNL and him going to rehab in December because he was a temporary writer and guest on The Late Show with Seth Meyers. And Seth spoke about that saying, you know, looking back, I can't believe I didn't realize how off something was or how much trouble you were in. But when that episode did air and, you know, they had the interview with John Mulaney sitting in that trench coat, every single person on the internet was saying something's not right here. And he was like, I couldn't believe that kind of the whole internet was able to pick up on something that I wasn't. Right. Which I think oftentimes can happen with people that are really close to somebody who's addicted. They almost feel kind of like a sense of guilt for not being so in tune with it. But when you're spending so much time with someone, it actually can be harder for you to be the one to pick it up versus somebody that sees them more intermittently. Right. I don't know about you. I'm sure you did the exact same thing. The first thing I did after watching this interview was I went back and watched some of those clips. And it's not that we didn't pick up on it before, but watching it now, the contrast is even more stark. It is. But I have to say when I watched it at the time, I was like, there is something very off here. So, okay, he's in LA in the spring, he meets Olivia. And in this same sentence is when he says that they're expecting a child, he fully confirms it, which it's interesting because I have to imagine that the Seth Meyers audience is a lot more limited currently because of the pandemic, because in normal times, that room would have erupted. Yeah, I think there were very, very few people in the audience. That's like another thing about this. Even you notice when he first came out, the applause was relatively quiet again because of COVID. There was something about even that small element that I think contributed to the intimacy of the conversation. Oh, it totally did. And it's actually made it even more funny because John, obviously, is a stand-up comedian, is just such a storyteller. And this entire interview, which is why it's so funny. I mean, it was obviously like a very dark time in his life, but he tells it in such a way that like it's so unbelievably funny because that's his style of storytelling. And he wanted you to laugh and he wanted you to find the comedy in what he was saying. But even as he's speaking, he's speaking to an audience that isn't really there. And he like kind of acknowledges that. (laughs) Right. Well, especially when he's talking about when he was on last November, October, when he wasn't necessarily sober at the time. He was sober when he was on the show, he said. But, at you know, the days surrounding that he wasn't sober. 
And Seth is going through the photos of being like, maybe we should have realized here. And it's a picture of John literally like speaking to the audience, but it's an entirely empty COVID audience. Like at least this time there were a couple of people there, I believe. But when he, when he did it last year, the audience was entirely empty. And Seth was like, I guess this is probably when I should have known because you are speaking directly to an empty audience. I mean, I think that in general, and it's different with comedians clearly than, you know, with actors. But I, I think that really the same can be said for comedians. Anybody who is a natural born entertainer, I do sometimes think that picking up on it can be a little bit more difficult because to a certain extent, they're always in character, even if what they're talking about is very raw to their own experiences, you know? Right, exactly. And I feel like with John, something I didn't necessarily pick up on or didn't think about at the time was when he came out this interview, he's in a suit and he looked great. Like he really did look healthy and phenomenal. And one of the things that people were saying about the last interview was that he definitely looked thinner and a little bit drawn and, you know, his eyes, he had his sunglasses on for most of it. When you did see his eyes, something was off. Like I remember a lot of discourse about that at the time. But one of the main things is that he was wearing this trench coat and these sunglasses that he kind of played off as having gotten it from the Strokes who were performing on the Halloween episode that he hosted. And when he came out this time in a suit, I was like, this is the John Mulaney we know. John Mulaney is a suit wearer. When he does his stand-up, he wears suits. When he's on interview shows, he does suits. So even though at the time he was kind of in this character and wearing this trench coat for a reason, it's still just outfit-wise completely signaled an entirely different person because it's not used to what we're seeing with him. No, completely. I mean, I just think that there is something so unique about going back to a clip once you have the firsthand understanding from the person themselves, because you almost get permission to analyze, you know, like it's very different watching something without any knowledge. But when Seth Meyers and John Mulaney are sitting there analyzing his every move from this one stint that he did, you then can go back and really feel like you're allowed to deep dive this as much as you want. Right. And going on top of that, just in terms of his stand-up and his content and what he was talking about. I remember you and I were having this conversation when we were just talking about the pregnancy news coming out literally two days ago. And I was saying, it'll be really interesting to see where he takes his stand-up because so much of his content was the exact opposite of the life that he's living now. Like so much of his previous content was being on stage talking about loving his wife and not wanting kids and a lot of bits surrounding that. And obviously there was so much other stuff. And he spoke about his previous drug use in the past and being sober and those things. So to see him come on Seth Meyers and be the same funny John amazing storytelling, but have this whole new set of material based on his new life experiences and being able to be like, okay, I now have this vision of where your comedy is going. And even though it's so different in terms of the way you lived your life, the way you deliver it is so there and so John Mulaney that it it makes it just even better. Yeah. And I think that being on the receiving end of that as like the public or as the consumer of comedy, I think being able to watch in real time somebody's evolution of their material based on a change in their life, whether it was planned for or not planned for is pretty special. You don't always get to see that with comedians. Yeah. And, you know, you said it a couple of days ago <laughs> that the whole thing seemed kind of dark. Like you couldn't put your finger on why it was. And we kind of spoke about his ex-wife and everything surrounding him. We're like, yeah, it is a dark situation. That's why it feels dark. I have to say, I still have like the same level of sympathy for his wife because I feel like she's definitely going through it. And that's not in our head. Like we've seen her Instagram content and we know that based on her statement about the divorce, it, it really wasn't on her and it wasn't something that she had wanted. 
But just in terms of John and Olivia's relationship and the baby on the way and his recovery and taking his ex-wife out of the equation, after seeing him on Seth Meyers and seeing him perform again and be himself, that whole element of it feels much less dark than I had it built up in my head to be. I am so glad that you said that, Julie, because I felt the same way. It was like a palpable sense of lightness that I wasn't necessarily anticipating. Then again, I wasn't anticipating him being on Seth and ever giving us, you know, this really lengthy recounting of the entire experience for a few months down the line. So I just wasn't expecting it. So I am so on your page. I can't even tell you it. It's a weird thing to say because you don't know these people, but I think that you just develop, you know, a sense of care for them, just knowing celebrities. It's almost like you could take a deep breath and knowing, like, you know what? He's doing great. <laughs> yeah. And I hope he stays that way. I mean, he does seem like he's doing great. And it's a very clear difference than the last time we saw him in an interview. So that is comforting. And I think all anybody wants is to see him continue down a very healthy and sober path. Right. Let's talk about the Olivia thing, though, for a second, because they are having a kid and who knows how this happened? I don't need to, you know, conspire as to the details of it if they ever feel ready to talk about it. I'm sure that they will. However, from the way that he spoke about it, and again, this is just from what I got, and this could not be the case, it did not seem like an oops situation. I'm not saying it wasn't, but didn't you find that the way that he spoke about it, it almost felt intentional? I don't know if it felt necessarily intentional as in planned, but it felt very much like a blessing. Like he was basically saying, you know, I can further credit not only Olivia, but now the baby for helping me stay on the path that I'm on. I guess you don't have to necessarily plan a baby for it to have that kind of outcome or have an intended outcome, if that makes sense. You know, it does make total sense. I guess I can't help but just be curious as to, you know, if this was a conversation or not. I really don't know. It's just like, I can't believe that Olivia Munn and John Mulaney are now bonded for life, regardless of whether or not they stay together. It's just, like I said last week, it just was not on my bingo card. I'm so happy we're here. I just really wasn't expecting it. I was not expecting it. I mean, the way this played out was pretty, pretty crazy. The fact that this is coming before we talk about Kylie. That is, that's really one for the books. And I, after watching that interview, not only once, but twice, and I think that once everybody else watches this interview, they're totally going to understand it as well. Oh yeah. We got so many messages about it because I just think that it's very rare. Like you said, that somebody outlines the timeline in a way when you walk away and you have really no additional questions, like any additional questions we have are just nosy. He pretty much covered all of the bases. Yeah. If you got questions now, you're just going to have to sit on those because that just seems like you're asking for too much. Right. The comfort with Seth was unmatched. I just... The fact that he was in the room during the intervention changes everything. I'm sorry. I, I can't stress that point enough, in my opinion. It was funny to watch them kind of get each other's count of the situation, like, because they say to each other, like, what was your experience during my intervention? And John was like, you know, it wasn't too bad for me, like, because I was pretty coked out. And like, <laughs> he says this that, and he's like, remember, I kept insisting I was sober. I wasn't. I kept going to the bathroom for drugs. How was it for you? And Seth was like one of the worst experiences of my entire life. And to watch them tell each other that kind of in real time, almost like they were both hearing it for the first time from each other's point of view was like, I don't think anything that we've ever seen in an interview before. It wasn't. But also like take away the interview factor, even just in regular lives with friends that are not famous. It's 
a very probable outcome that this entire thing would happen and you would never go back and talk with each other about what it was like in the moment. You're probably just so relieved that it's over and that, you know, this person has achieved sobriety and you want to continue to support them. So it's kind of like, holy shit, only because they're on this talk show are they getting these very in-depth understanding of how each other felt in the moment. Like, I don't know if they would have had that conversation regardless. Right, I so agree. It was just a great interview. I think you will leave laughing a little, crying a little, and just feeling really happy for him. And also like, we can talk about this Olivia Munn thing without feeling even a sense of a little bit skeevy doing so because there's no more speculation. Totally. So I know we're all kind of operating at a different skill level when it comes to makeup. Like I have some friends who they do their makeup and it looks like they got it professionally done. I have others who know nothing about any products. And then I would say I'm somewhere in the middle, like by no means am I very skilled, but I think I can hold my own. And in terms of my everyday, I'm just doing mascara, lip gloss, and maybe a little bit of highlighter on my inner corner. So if I'm only using a few products, I need them to be excellent. And I've recently been very into the Thrive Cosmetics mascara, which I'll tell you about in a second, but just in general, a note on the company. For every product purchase, Thrive Cosmetics donates products and funds to help communities thrive, which I just love knowing that I'm buying from a company that does that. And in terms of their mascara, so it's the Liquid Lash Extensions Mascara. You guys have seen that. It's the viral turquoise tube. I've saw it all over social media before I ever started using it. And it's a unique formula that creates tubes around each eyelash to lengthen them. It's also super easy to remove. So it slides right off with warm water. It doesn't leave smudges. And the ingredients are really nourishing. So they support longer, stronger, and healthier looking lashes over time. It really just gets the job done. Like you will see what I mean when you try it. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 10% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com slash CBC. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S dot com slash CBC for 10% off your first order. Okay, the next thing we want to talk about is obviously Kylie announcing her pregnancy. I'm sure you all saw the video, but if not, go watch it right now. It's 90 seconds. She posted it on Instagram around Tuesday night. And, you know, you see her and Travis in the doctor's office and you see Stormy giving Chris the photos from the sonogram and little clips from what was her birthday dinner and kind of just the celebration of this new life. And holy shit, I mean, we knew it. We were all saying it's 100% true. But the real question was, how is she going to confirm it? And I think most people thought at the Met Gala. And so the fact that she chose to do it in this way a week before the Met Gala is just really interesting. It was really interesting. I mean, if I were her and I was announcing my pregnancy as her, not as me, I would have done Met Gala grand appearance and then released the video shortly after. But I think that releasing it in this way made it much more intimate and special than doing it as kind of like a performative thing. Not that a pregnancy is performative, but you know what I mean. Yeah. And also she's very much aware that even though the public kind of knew, this announcement does send shockwaves through the world of like entertainment news. So I can very much understand wanting a week to kind of process that in your own home before having it break for the first time on the red carpet. It's already, you know, a stressful day with the getting ready and everything. So I love it. I thought it was so beautifully done. And if there's one thing she knows how to do, it's announce a pregnancy. That is for damn sure. I know this isn't really a story necessarily because we all knew that it was happening, but in terms of things that we could find out from the comment section, Brandon, her brother commented, no way, congratulations, which I honestly believe that this is the first time he was finding out about it. Oh, I think so too. I mean, first of all, you don't comment that unless you're 
first finding out about it. So I'm 99.9% sure that that is the truth, unless he had heard from Caitlin maybe and didn't get the confirmation directly from her. So that was kind of what he was alluding to. But again, it's interesting in light of the conversation that we were having about where Kylie and Kendall's relationship with the other siblings stands. It's not that I think that there's any sort of bad blood necessarily, but I do think that the speculation of kind of a separation is an accurate one. Yeah, I think so too. I don't think there's any bad blood. I just think that they're close in the sense of they're close when they see each other and that when pregnancy news like this breaks, that they're not necessarily the first phone call, especially when they're trying to keep it under wraps, which is interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Holy shit, you guys, Stormy's going to be a big sister. And you know my heart can't handle that. I know. I loved this. I thought it was beautiful. And the person in all of this that should really feel the most validated, or I guess the people, is the few people on TikTok that had those conspiracy theories about Kylie's nails and how just judging her manicure, they could tell that she was in fact pregnant. And I remember, I will own it, we came on this podcast and said, you know, yeah, she may be pregnant, but there's no way the nails are telling any story. And we were 100% wrong. And those people were completely right. We will put the link again in the description because I think it is nothing short of detective work. If I was Kylie, I'd be like, I can't even be mad because that is just so incredible that you guys were able to figure it out, especially that one specific girl who was just like the lead detective on the case. It was miraculous detective work. I was so impressed. And I have to tell you, I've seen her TikTok since the announcement and and she knows. Oh, does she know? I didn't see it. Yeah. She posted one being like, no, no, I'm not saying Kylie knows. I'm saying like the girl knows she should be proud of herself. It's also funny because kind of in that same vein of doing this like investigative work, you see that a lot of people are now going through frame by frame of the video and looking at what people were wearing on certain days and trying to figure out when this means that she's going to be due. I saw a lot of people speculating that it's going to be around December. So that's the thing with the Kardashians, no matter how much information they willingly give the public, everybody just wants to dig deeper, you know? It's never enough info. It really isn't. I think one of the biggest telltale signs was her not having that blowout party. I really feel that way. It wasn't even for me, the party. It was the fact that they didn't post her that's what it was like I can understand her having a small intimate party especially during COVID wanting to celebrate with Travis and Stormy and the family and make it a little bit smaller that I can totally understand as she's getting older that's more important to her but there has never been a room that a non-secretly pregnant Kylie Jenner has walked into where every single person in the family hasn't posted a photo of her like even when the event isn't about her chloe is always there with her story being like look at kylie look how gorgeous she looks look at this outfit can't believe it and like for that to not even happen on her birthday was like a hundred percent confirmation for me yeah no it really was and those of us who care about this shit definitely had a sigh of relief that like you know what sometimes you just want to know you know what and even if you pretend you didn't i don't believe you you know i would say that most of the comments on our post i didn't really go through them. I I sometimes don't, but most of them were relatively positive and just like excited because even if you hate the Kardashians, this was a really sweet video that you can imagine someone in your family doing. But some of them, it's like, they are just so unwilling to have any sort of like vicarious happiness for anything in this family. It's crazy to me. Oh, it's wild. It's like not even worth the energy to talk about that because it's so crazy. I mean, this is literally like a baby announcement. And I thought the way that Stormy presented Chris with the ultrasound photos was just You have to be literally heartless to not find that so unbelievably sweet. Apartments.com believes the dishwasher does more than just clean plates. 
It turns your whole place into a time machine by turning the time you would have spent washing dishes into extra time for you. That could mean more time to read, more time to knit, or more time to contemplate the vastness of time itself. With Apartments.com, finding somewhere to live with an elusive dishwashing slash time-expanding device is easy. And listen, we all have our non-negotiables in terms of what we really want when looking for an apartment. I know for me, natural light has always been really important. I just know myself and I am a happier person when I have that natural light throughout the day. And I also told myself that in my next place, I will definitely have a washer and dryer because you just can't beat that convenience. And I know it can be hard to find, but when you find it, I think it is so worth it. Apartments.com hosts the most rental listings with over 1 million available units. And with comprehensive search tools and instant alerts, you never have to worry about missing out on the perfect place. To find whatever you're searching for and more, visit Apartments.com, the place to find a place. Let's get into a little bit of the Britney news before we end with Scott and Amelia. How do you feel about that? I feel so great about that. Okay. So completely unexpectedly on Tuesday night, Jamie Spears, Britney's father, comes out with a petition to the court to end Britney's conservatorship. And this was obtained by CNN. I want to read you guys one paragraph from the filing. The filing states, quote, Recent events related to this conservatorship have called into question whether circumstances have changed to such an extent the grounds for establishment of a conservatorship may no longer exist. Ms. Spears has told this court that she wants control of her life back without the safety rails of a conservatorship. She wants to be able to make decisions regarding her own medical care, deciding when, where, and how often to get therapy. She wants to control the money she's made from her career and spend it without supervision or oversight. She wants to be able to get married and have a baby, if she so chooses. In short, she wants to live her life as she chooses without the constraints of a conservator or court proceeding. Big deal. Jamie Spears really coming in in the final hour here. A little too late, you don't think? I mean, her lawyer literally says, and I quote, it appears that Mr. Spears believes he can try to avoid accountability and justice, including sitting for a sworn deposition and answering other discovery under oath. It's kind of like a Hail Mary. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. I mean, it's entirely self-preservation at this point because he knows that once they really start looking into it, and especially now that Brittany has her own lawyer, it's almost too late for him, I think, once they find something. So I don't know if this is entirely avoiding accountability. And he thinks that if they do find something that by him being the one to request it, he's gets to avoid those penalties, or if he's just trying to look sympathetic in the eyes of the court, I don't know. But it is kind of crazy that this happened. It is the kind of thing, though, where even though I believe the motive is entirely selfish, that it almost like doesn't really matter if you're just looking at it for the purposes of the end game here. You know, like it's almost one of those things where it's like, yes, in theory, him wanting what's genuinely best for Britney would be the ideal. I just think that ship has sailed so much. So if he really just wants to preserve himself and in the process of doing so, he helps to end this conservatorship, then you know what? Like that's better than the alternative. Oh, absolutely. Of course. I mean, this was just out of left field. There's really nothing else to say, but it just broke last night. So obviously we had to tell you guys about it. It will be interesting because I don't know the specifics of like the legal proceedings now, but I know that when Brittany had like petitioned to end the conservatorship, there were a lot of things in place that she had to do that she felt that she shouldn't have to do. I wonder if with Jamie Spears saying that he wants the conservatorship to end as the conservator, if those things that Brittany previously was told she had to do will still have to do or if that kind of overrides that because he was the one in charge of it. Right. Like the medical evaluation things that she had said she almost felt it was an insult to her intelligence to have to do. Right. I don't know. Those are all the things that hopefully in the next few months we will have an answer to. Yeah, absolutely. I hope so. 
Okay. On Monday's episode, we said that typically we don't like to take social media posts as super cryptic. However, we really had a feeling that Amelia broke up with Scott and it was confirmed. A source told E! News, quote, Amelia broke up with Scott over the weekend. Scott agreed that he feels he needs to be single right now. They had a lot of fun together, but it was never going to be a long-term relationship. Amelia's done with Scott for now. She wants to be strong and to move on. She had enough and it was time. Her friends are all rallying around her and supporting her through this. Everyone knows she deserves better. She knows it too. Fuck yeah. Thank God. Listen, we always love Scott and we are in his corner, but this relationship was one that was not serving her in the slightest. No, and it wasn't serving him. No, of course not. But I was looking out for her. No, I I mean, of course. But I'm saying like neither of them, specifically her, but neither of them were getting what they needed out of this relationship. And there shouldn't be a relationship that exists where neither of them are benefiting. To be honest with you, though, this is the, really the question, right? Obviously, this happened right after the Eunice DM was public, which we were saying, I'm sure felt a little bit like, quote, embarrassing for Amelia. And as we know, like embarrassment is a strong emotion, all of that. I don't know, though, if there was a lot leading up to it and this was the final thing or if she was in denial about, you know, his still longing for Courtney and this kind of brought her to reality. Like, I don't know exactly what went on. I would love to know the last few weeks and how that contributed to this potential DM, like putting things over the edge. I don't know. I don't know either, but it is funny because Eunice's motivation, this was obviously like entirely clout motivated and a little bit to get back at Scott or probably more than a little bit to get back at Scott. But the person who really benefited the most here was Amelia unintentionally. Right. Because now it was almost like people can make up whatever they think goes on behind the scenes. And that can be reason enough that they think that she should break up with him. But when this happens and it would happen publicly, it was almost like she couldn't create a different narrative. Not that she was trying to, but she couldn't create a different narrative because now it was for the world to see. And I'm just, honestly, I'm just so happy for her. Like this had to end. While we're always on the topic of giving out edible arrangements, I have to imagine that Eunice is getting an edible arrangement very shortly from Lisa Rinna. Yeah, Lisa Rinna. And you know, Harry Hamlin is signing that card. Harry Hamlin might send his own edible arrangement. He might be getting two. I know. It's funny because we were just talking on Monday about how like, a single emoji is never the comment we want. However, when Lisa commented just the single smiley face emoji on the announcement of their breakup, it spoke volumes. Like I didn't need anything else. All I needed was that one smiley face and we knew what she was thinking, but it was a great window into her mind. Yeah, no, that was absolutely perfect. I would have done anything for the cameras to be rolling, like housewives cameras, when the breakup happened, let's say at the kitchen table between Harry and Lisa. Do you think you'll get that? No, definitely not. They're not filming right now. Oh, that's so upsetting. I would love it. Oh, that is so upsetting. I wish they were. Fifty high school senior girls descend on Mobile, Alabama every summer to compete for a massive cash prize. It isn't Survivor, it's one of America's most lucrative scholarship competitions for teen girls. It's been around for seven decades. Now you'll hear what took place behind the scenes. From Pineapple Street Studios and Wondery comes the competition. Host Shima Oliayi was Nevada's contestant 20 years ago. Now she's returning as a judge to find out what two weeks with 50 of the country's most ambitious teens can tell us about girlhood in America. What happens when the competitors are thrown into the deep end with the best and brightest? And how does surviving the competition prepare them for everything that comes after? Follow the competition on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of the competition early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus.
Okay, full transparency, it is 10.19 p.m. on Wednesday night, and Julie and I are recording an insert because after we sent the file to our producer, the news breaks that Jennifer Lawrence is pregnant. So I don't know what the fuck is going on this week, but I guess we asked for this and they're really delivering. There's really something in the water, first of all, and second... Somehow we keep just saying things and they come to fruition because we got the edits back from the podcast and we're like, it's a little shorter than we would like. Like, we're going to have to put an insert of something. And then I sent you the link. I was like, I know what we're inserting. It's just like, what is going on? Like, it's not just us. The amount of news that has happened this week. And you're right. Every single thing, what you said in the intro is so accurate. Every single thing in and of itself would have been the biggest story of the week. And they just, it was a continual overshadowing. I can't believe (laughs) that, like, you manifest and I somehow discover talking things into the universe and it's only being used to like get celebrities pregnant. I know, like we really need to shift our priorities. We really do. We have to have like an offline conversation because if these powers are working, there's a checklist of things that I would love to accomplish. I have quite a lot, yeah. I know. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, Jennifer Lawrence and her husband, Cook Maroney, as you guys know, he's an art gallery director. They're expecting their first child. They were married October 2019 in Rhode Island, and her rep confirmed it exclusively to people literally hours ago. So Jennifer Lawrence is going to be a mom. I know she's going to fuck around and make Kris Jenner the godmother of that baby. Of course. And you know how we always talk about wishing Jennifer Lawrence is on social media? Yes. I could see the best story of her opening all of the gifts at like the Kardashian center for the baby shower and just being like, what is going on here? Like her entire house just filled with her mess boxes only from their family. I would do anything for her to be on social media. She won't be at this point. She's not going to be, but oh my God, it's not even just that I like want her presence. It's that she would be so exponentially better than every single other person on any single app. The thing is, I don't know if I'm so sure of saying it'll never happen because we never thought Jennifer Aniston was going to come on and she was like 20 years later. If Jennifer Lawrence joins Instagram tomorrow, I'm buying a lottery ticket. Don't fuck around, Julie. That's not going to happen, right? I don't know. What else you want to say? <laughs> Just throw something else crazy out there. I don't know. <laughs> it's like a toss up between like every time I say something on the podcast, I'm like, I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> like I, I'm going to embarrass myself one day because somebody's going to hear me talking about him on the podcast then it's going to be embarrassing so like i don't want to say it but like if our powers only work when we're talking on the podcast and like i might have to start speaking up a little bit more (laughs) okay well if we're going there then should i just tell them about the jake gyllenhaal thing (laughs) no i think that i don't know (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh fuck we can't record at 10 o'clock at night we're too we're going rogue i feel it I'm, i'm sure the energy in this one section is different than before i mean i don't know yeah, long story short, well, you guys know about Julie's thing for Pete Davidson. I recently got like fucking, I don't even know, the Jake Gyllenhaal white Venice Film Festival thing just did something to me to the point where I texted Julie seriously and was like, okay, we're going to put this on the vision board. Yeah. And I said, as a good friend, I won't stand in your way. <laughs> and that is why I love you and appreciate you so deeply with everything inside of me. That's so sweet. <laughs> we cannot record at this time normally. No, because honestly, it's too much for me. 
first of all, it's been 24 hours exactly since we recorded the last one, I think. And it definitely did not sound like this. No, (laughs) I don't know what's going on right now. Anything else that you want to mention about anything? Oh, yeah, sure. I have a couple of things. Tell me. Talk to me. I really, really, really want you to watch Beanie Feldstein on American Crime Story and the impeachment because it was phenomenal and I watched it and I think that you will absolutely love it. She is a gem. I will. And also the fact that Monica Lewinsky has a producer title. I really appreciate that. That's like a perspective that you can't imitate. It's going to be invaluable to the show. And I I foresee and what I've heard is that there's a lot of things that are going to come up that are things that we had no idea about that Monica is kind of sharing for the first time ever to give us a real, real picture of what actually went down. There was another thing, Steve Martin, Selena Gomez, that you wanted me to watch, right? Thank you so much for reminding me. I really, really want you to watch it with your dad. It's the new Selena Gomez show with Steve Martin and Martin Shore, and it is excellent. Okay. That's what Julie does. When she knows that she really wants me to watch something, she writes a little synopsis and she puts it in our group chat with my dad because she knows that the chances of me watching, if it's something I can do with my dad, are exponentially higher. It's a really smart tactic. And that's why she's never watched normal people because you can't watch it with your dad. Exactly. <laughs> a real bummer. I know. I'll get there. I'll get there. Not after Lawrence and social media, you're just going to keep teasing me and it's never going to happen. No, because I think that one night if I'm like really horny and I just want a show like that, I know I have that in the back of my one mind. One night? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you mean Tuesday? <laughs> you mean days that end in Y? <laughs> no, stop. We have to end. <laughs> Oh, fuck. The funniest, funniest eight-minute insert we've ever recorded in our entire lives. Wait, and also, should we tell them, you guys, we have a a different producer this week because our producer is on vacation, so she's going to listen to this and be like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Like, what a week to have a different producer when we're straight up delusional. You know what's so unfortunate about this episode? It's 99% me laughing, and I'm going to make you cut out all of it. No, I promise that your laugh isn't annoying because I don't think we do it in a way where it's annoying. I think we move away from the mic. I I don't know. We try to be really conscious, I think, in the editing process to cut them out when they're annoying. I, You know, we both are super like hyper conscious about that. Yeah, I know. But I try to cut it out always because I think they're always annoying and they're too interwoven with this little insert here. Well, you know what? When we finish listening to this, if it's too annoying, we'll just redo it. But I hope that that's not the case because I love this kind of off the cuff energy. Me too, actually. Okay, we love you guys. And Julie, I love you so much. You're my best friend in the world. I'm telling as well. <laughs> and we love you guys. Thanks for listening. Isabel and I will see you tomorrow for Bravo. Holy shit, the Salt Lake City trailer. We're literally about to record that in five minutes. I'm so excited. And I think that's it. And also don't forget next Tuesday for the regular episode instead of Monday because the Met Gala is Monday. Love you guys. Thank you. So I'm a big fan of transparency across all aspects of life. Like generally speaking, there's pretty much nothing I wouldn't rather be told straight up. But specifically when I'm buying something or paying for a service, I just want to know what I'm getting myself into. And oftentimes there can be so much nonsense or so much yada yada. For example, sneaky terms hidden in the fine print of contracts or bills that randomly go up without properly alerting you or budget airlines with cheap fares, but then exorbitant fees to make up for it elsewhere. And we just should not need to be dealing with this type of yada yada in our lives. And yes, you could read every single word of every single contract, and that's one way of avoiding it. Or you can go with a trusted brand like Metro by T-Mobile that helps you to get ahead and not pull you back. That's right. You don't take yada yada from life, so don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. 
Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada, yada, yada, which honestly gives so much peace of mind. Like you shouldn't have to compromise for an okay option with sacrifices when you really deserve that full transparency. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide.